Hello, I am B, and I am going to be playing a game called Mechs into Plowshares. Uh, it's a single-player, one-shot, narrated tabletop RPG about war, anxiety, paranoia, identity, and purpose. So I'll just start by reading sort of the setup, and then I think what I'm trying to do with this is... I mean, get myself to play this game, number one, and number two, sort of see what it's like to try to play a game into a microphone with nobody else, Um, see if I can't sort of highlight what's interesting about it as I play. Uh, So I'll try to keep that in mind as I go through, and I expect I'm going to have to edit out hilarious amounts of my own silence because I'm a slow talker as it is. So yeah. After several long years of war on the border, you have earned the right to buy your mech from the military. Use it to eke out a solitary life doing manual labor on your farm to pay back the loan before your machine is repossessed. All the while, the enemy from across the border looms, threatening to strike at any moment. Follow short prompts to relive memories, discover your character and your mech, and struggle against the grind of debt. Balance the possibility of combat against your obligations by deleting the subroutines that saved your life during the war, but stand in the way of your productivity now. Will the enemy attack? Will you be able to defend yourself? How much safety are you willing to sacrifice to make it in your new life? So I have done some reading ahead. Um, I read the how to play and I sort of skimmed some of the weeks to get a sense of when things actually trigger and that sort of thing. As is, there are basically two main things to know about this game. Uh, The first is that each sort of turn is a week or each page of the PDF specifically is a week. Um, that has a number of questions that you answer. Um, And then mechanically, what the game mostly does is have you play a thing called the Chaplain's Game. So I'm going to read the rules for that really quick, just so on the off chance anyone actually hears this, um, you have some idea of what's going on. So, the Chaplain's Game. The Chaplain noticed that the soldiers would keep track of supply movements with coins. The commander always said that it was useless, that there was no way to know where they were going. We wouldn't stop. It made us nervous to see the trucks coming and going. The Chaplain understood. They told us to keep using the coins to keep track of supplies, but at the beginning of every week they would predict if the enemy would attack. They used the coins in something we came to call the Chaplain's Game. The game was never wrong. It predicted without fail if the attacks would come that week. Your last day on post, you asked to learn how to use the game to predict if you were safe. They taught you. As you have watched the supplies move across the border, you have tried to keep track of them by placing a coin on the table into a single large group. Heads up meant your nation was getting supplies. Tails up meant that the enemy was getting supplies. The chaplain's game is meant to determine if the enemy will attack this week. The way you read the results is to create two separate groups of coins, one with a few flipped coins and the other with the remaining unflipped coins. Then see if they both have the same number of heads-up coins. In order to create the two groups and interpret the results, follow the instructions below. 1. First count the number of heads-up coins currently on the table. Remember this number. 2. Close your eyes. Move coins around the table until you can't remember where the heads-up coins are, but do not flip over any coins while moving them. 3. With your eyes still closed, randomly pick up and flip over a number of coins equal to the number of heads-up coins there were when you started in step 1. Place them aside in the flipped group. The flipped over coins will be the only coins in the flipped group. Do not move any other coins from the original group into this one. If you started with 10 coins and flipped over 3, you would have a flipped group that was 3 coins and the remaining group with 7 coins. 4. Open your eyes. Count the number of heads-up coins in each group separately. 5. If there are an equal number of heads-up coins in each group, the enemy will not attack you this week. If there's more heads-up coins in one group than the other, the enemy attacks. It doesn't matter how many tails-up coins there are in each group. If there are no heads-up coins in either group after you flip them, they have an equal number, zero, of heads-up coins in them, and you do not have to go into combat. If there are no heads-up at the beginning, turn two tails into heads before you start the game. I have had to read that like a half dozen times to get a sense of how it works. Um, I probably should have just tried it at some point, but I have not. And I expect it is intentionally designed to be very difficult to not get attacked, but I'm not sure. That's just my impulse from having read it a few times and having a sort of solid idea of what is going to happen. Um, are there any other things? I don't think so. So I think, um, We're just going to start. Week one. You can still smell gunpowder on your clothes. You are holding your tags. What was your service ID number? My service ID number was B33. You are alive. You must remember that you are alive and the living still have names. What is your name? My name is Berrigan Omatos. You are a soldier. You were a soldier. You fought for two years along the border. What nation did you fight for? 
It's been a long time since there were nations, per se, or at least a generation. I fought for the people. There was an outpost, and you were assigned to defend it. They attacked almost every week. Who is the enemy? The enemy is a loose configuration, a sort of confederacy, if you would. Descendants of people who once owned land, as strange as that sentence seems. People who protected the people who owned land. Call them cops, I think? I assume that stood for something at some point. C-O-P-S, but it's beyond me what it actually means. Your family owns a farm near the border. You walk past the untended rows where crops should be. What kind of farm is it? Industrial. As in heavy industries. As in we grew parts for the mechs. It's a strange thing, you know, piloting a mech after you grew up growing them. But then wheat farmers drink beer and eat bread, don't they? The sun is high and the sky is clear. There is smoke in the distance. You try to think about what the weather will be like soon and how it will affect your crops. What season is it? It's the endless spring. You open the front door and go into the house. You have memories of the last time your family visited here. It seems different now. What does the farm look like? About the same as ever. Now, you know, not much of a home, but we made it work. It's big barns. We got some animals. We got, uh, got some crops that we just keep in our garden for, uh, for eating. Mostly it looks empty, though. We, uh, well, we'll get there, I think. You sit down at the table. You are alone, perhaps for the first time in two years. Who do you miss? I miss my partner. They were, uh, the best damn dispatch a mech pilot like myself could ask for. And we got to know each other. Spent time outside of work. Hung out, grabbed drinks. But I'm not a soldier anymore, so no need for a partner. Their name? Their name was, was Phil. P-H-Y-L. Yeah, that's it. Just Phil. A caravan of trucks rumble down your road. The mech that escorts it looks in your direction. You cannot help but tense in the absence of your machine. Soldiers at your post used to track supplies with coins all across the border. You don't know which guns these bullets will feed. Flip a coin and place it on the table. If it's heads up, it represents supplies for your nation. If it's tails, it represents supplies for the enemy. Leave it on the table. Tails. Supplies for the enemy. The war isn't over. They say that it's a stalemate and that both sides have signed a ceasefire. The pay has stopped and the papers they gave you told you to get a job. You took out a loan to keep your machine. It'll make it easier to work. How does your mech help you do work on the farm? Well, what do you mean? Beyond, uh, beyond the ancestral memory? <laughs> just, just playing. It's agriculture. It's not, it's not sapient. She'll keep me from breaking my back doing the labor and, uh, you know, maybe I'll, uh, find out some, some interesting uses for her. Got a lot of tools on that, baby. Your loan is substantial. You will have to work hard. You must make at least four payments by the end of ten weeks, or the military will repossess your mech and wipe the AI. End of week one. Week two. A large military truck offloads your machine near the barn. They ask you to confirm the model and serial numbers. What model is your mech? She's a infill class B. You had missed it over the past week, the first time since basic training you had been away from it more than a few hours. The workers unfasten the straps and remove the transportation locks. What does your mech look like? Well, she looks not unlike, uh, you know, most mechs. Or did you want... Oh, you wanted a... Okay. A humanoid, about 12 foot tall. A little junkier than the Class A infills, but just as good at stealthing past enemy lines as far as I'm concerned. The, uh, the wings don't look functional, they're a little small, but, you know. I gave her a, a nice yellow and black paint job to give you an idea of what she can do. You weren't allowed to name your machine until you had completed training. It was so hard, but you did it. You didn't have a choice, really. They wouldn't let you stop, even if you wanted to. What is your mech's nickname? Well, between my, my serial number and, and her class, I figured, why not just call her B? You activate the machine. You see a list of programs and subroutines scroll up the screen. They said it would learn to fight with you. It did. You remember the first time it moved before you did. Roll on the subroutine chart. This is the first subroutine your mech learned with you. What was the scenario where you learned it? So I rolled a 7, which is subroutine FIR14. Automatic double tap. Exciting. She was a, a little bit of a light bloomer, the bee. 
It's probably not until our uh, half dozenth, maybe a dozenth encounter. But goddamn, when she moved ahead of me, she moved with purpose. I'd killed before, but I never almost killed before. So I thought, well, we got him. Gotta move on. B had other ideas. I I think sometimes that I must have seen I must have seen her move after I had shot her, but frankly I don't think I did. I think B just wanted to be sure. So she put another round. Well, she put her another round right in the legs. Then there was some screaming, and then there was the headshot. The subroutines will sometimes make the machine act strangely. Maybe its hand twitches before it turns left. Maybe its display always zooms in when it sees the color red. Some soldiers thought it was the machine showing personality. What quirk did your mech acquire when it learned its first subroutine? Write it on the chart. Well, it ain't it ain't supposed to happen. I mean, it's it's not supposed to be possible, but I've been I've been with her for a few years and I I, I can say confidently and I don't know what causes it, but probably Probably something to do with leaving those who need to be killed unkilled, but she blinks. The barn shakes and the windows rattle as planes fly overhead. You don't know where they'll land. Flip a coin and place it on the table. If it's heads up, it represents supplies for your nation. If it's tails, it represents supplies for the enemy. Leave it on the table. Heads. Supplies go to the people. You watched many people die. Name a person you saw die and roll to find out the subroutine your machine learned to prevent the same fate from happening to you. Give that subroutine a quirk. I rolled a three, which is subroutine DEF20, cover seeking navigation, which is interesting because it's just those three words. There's no uh, hyphenation anywhere. Hmm. That'd be a pawn. Uh, Chris Pawn happened now minutes after the uh, the first double tap. That's same time as the first blank, actually. They uh, they saw something coming. They had the right idea. They took cover. Well, don't really count as cover if it can't cover you, you know? Big energy blast. Turns out that cover is what killed them. I don't know if it was me or, or B that learned it from this, but for a long time I thought it was me that had learned from that, that uh, sometimes cover's not staying in place. It's uh, it's navigating. Farther in the war we got, I started thinking, maybe I didn't learn that lesson. Maybe B did. Especially when uh started happening that occasionally, even when we weren't looking for cover, even when we weren't in active combat, she just starts shaking like a dog trying to get dry. Others saved your life. Name a person and machine that saved your life, and roll to find out the subroutine your machine learned to emulate them. Give that subroutine a quirk. 10. So the subroutine is JKU99, Guide Foot to Ground Forces. Oh, that works out nicely for what I had in mind here. <laughs> Plenty of people saved my life. Some of ways I knew, some of ways I didn't know. Some ways I, I learned later, some I'll never learn. People saved my life on the other side when they screwed up. One who comes to mind, of course, is Phil. Phil was usually just on comms with me, but... Well... <laughs> there was that one day in training. A damn good pilot. Good enough to save me from myself. When I was not ready to do what I was about to do. Damnedest thing about that is that, uh... <laughs> years later... Talking to Phil and... Well, Phil said something to me about, about B. How she, uh... Ever since that day, seems like, um... Almost like she's afraid of heights. You saved others. Name a person you saved and roll to find out the subroutine you used to save them. Give that subroutine a quirk. I rolled a one, which is PT underscore K1. Zoom in on suspected targets. Jesus. Suspected is doing a lot of work in that, huh? <laughs> okay. I got a, I got a weird one. I remember saving this fella by the name of Praxias. He's uh, probably mid-40s. Got a, had a job as a barista for a little while, he said, but had made his way up into the, the higher ranks of the military. He seemed like someone who had lived a very long life, even though weren't much older than me. Scheme of things. Said he used to be a sort of hippie type, but, but his mom really uh, whipped him into shape. Just one day, apparently. Had to save him, though, still, just because, well, I guess being a commander... You get out of shape as quick as you got into it. Funny thing about that, though, that, you know, I never really put together the timing on before I started reminiscing. I, I don't think B has ever uh, refused an order from me or Phil since then. The war was long. You fought hard. You almost died many times. But you didn't. Your machine kept you safe. You kept each other safe. 
Give quirks to the rest of the subroutines and think of how they helped you. Well, that uh, that's that's a lot. <laughs> I guess this will just be out of character talking. As much as I like trying to do Berrigan's voice, uh, and I and I get there sometimes, seems like a bit much. Um, so subroutine Q zero four underscore seven is thruster cutoff for gliding. Uh, that's that seems like an easy one. The wings are ornamental, but B absolutely flaps them. Well, flying or gliding, I think. Which I guess, yeah. I guess now we know that the mech can fly, which is interesting given that I've already given it a quirk of being afraid of heights. Um, Subroutine number four is MK underscore seven four, missile auto lock-on sequence. I have honestly done very little thinking about what combat actually looks like in this. Um, I'm probably... I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the game exactly calls for, but I'm probably going to elide it most of the time. I don't have um, particularly strong skills in describing combat scenes, so hmm. Oh, hmm. I think my <laughs> I was about to just say that I can kind of build that in and say the quirk for the missile auto lock-on sequence is that it's incredibly fast. Uh, but I'm not entirely sure how these quirks are working, and I'm also not sure that, like... I mean, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. I'll do that. So the quirk for the missile auto lock-on sequence is that is that B is always, always locking on to everything um, that could be seen as a p- potential threat. So B is always ready to fire missiles. Um, so the next one is MOV underscore three, weapon swap reflex. Well, I think, I feel like this one I just want to give, uh, sort of something more along the lines of the suggested things. So I'm going to say that the quirk associated with the weapon swap reflex is that B is, oh, (laughs) I mean, it's my name, it's her name, so what if uh, what if B just emits a low buzzing sound intermittently? Not always, because it is an infiltrator class mech, so that would be scrap material. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want it to be when flying necessarily, because that's too on the nose. For, like, you know, an extended period after a combat encounter, B uh, emits a low buzzing sound that it's like, that no one has been able to figure out where it comes from. And then there is AM underscore five two, jettison spent ammunition. Hmm. So I'm I'm playing with this idea of sort of agro mechs or agri- agricultural mechs. Hmm. I don't know if if that's true of all technology in this world or if that's just um, mech specific. So my thought was to say like, oh, spent ammunition is jettisoned into B uh, as a like composting. <laughs> Uh, process but that doesn't that sounds more like um something that would be true of the whole you know of the line of mechs rather than a quirk personality quirk of this mech in particular but actually like that um so how do i build from there what what quirk can i build on jettisoning jettisoning spent ammunition is a composting technique oh be shits. So next we have T O W D auto drop non essential loads. That I promise I did not read ahead. That's um, sorry about my poop joke. Okay, auto drop non essential loads. These are very vague in ways that are sometimes really interesting um, and sometimes kind of frustrating. <laughs> uh, auto drop non essential loads. I mean that sounds like. <laughs> I mean, that's, that has a lot of assumptions built in, right? There is an assumption that somebody programmed what an essential load is into this mech, which means, I mean, which I would assume would mean that it is deeply unsuited uh, for farm work because I can't imagine, I mean, I guess I can sort of imagine, I can't imagine uh, that a combat mech that has a built-in functionality to drop non-essential loads would not fire that off in the middle of, you know, farming, for instance. So what if the quirk is that, uh, she don't? <laughs> Let's say subroutine TOWD regularly misfires. And let's leave that up to what happens in the game. And then our last one is PR underscore T7, low energy rest mode. Oh, I haven't been doing the other thing that it said to do, which is um, think of how they helped me. Um, 
Maybe I'll just run over that real quick after I get this one. So, PRT7, low energy rest mode, associated quirk. The only ideas I'm having for a quirk associated with low energy rest mode are like the most uh, sort of first thought, best thought. It's except for, you know, first thought, worst thought kind of thoughts of just like, oh, like when in lo- when at low energy B doesn't have quite as like one of the quirks doesn't work or like something else fails or don't have access to as much like a like when you turn your phone on airplane mode and it's like really boring and i'm also still kind of completely unsure whether this game wants these quirks to be more directly associated with the subroutines that you're um, tying them to or that wants you to do what it seems like it was doing in the earlier like the last three uh questions where it's like asking you to think up scenarios and then out of those scenarios or that narrative bit to think of a way that that can be turned into a piece of characterization for this mech um so i'm just going to say the quirk associated with low energy rest mode is that b thinks of herself as a girl I don't, I mean, the game explicitly at multiple points asks you not to read past certain areas if you, like, die or whatever, so I have not read this whole game. I'm not, and I don't think there's, I don't know where this is going. So yeah, that is the full list of subroutines. And I feel like I've already spent enough time on this right now, so I'm actually not going to go back and think of how they helped me, I guess, really quickly. Yeah, I like the quirk to flap wings while gliding. I mean, that's visual identifier of personality, so probably there's somebody who noticed me when they wouldn't have, or somebody who, like, you know, some sniper on the other, uh, on the end of the enemies who, like, thought I was already dying and didn't take a shot or whatever. Shaking like a dog when in cover-seeking navigation, I think that is, I think I kind of went over that. Um, oh, I think yeah, that one was a narrated one. Um, always ready to fire missiles is obvious. <laughs> it's a quick draw situation, right? The low buzzing sound after combat has helped. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's probably, like, weirdly stress-relieving for Berrigan. Um, the shitting is a production of fertilizer. The misfiring subroutines, I assume, would be helpful in that everyone else would drop some things that are considered non-essential, but would be very useful in the future. Um, and B sometimes just doesn't drop that. So, you know, extra rations or whatever that the mech would consider uh, unnecessary weight in a certain situation like a combat subroutine, for instance, don't get dropped. Um, how be thinking of herself as a girl, uh, is a, is, <laughs> has helped you? Um, well, can I tell you about this NB named B who you're listening to talk right now and how thinking of themselves as a girl sometimes has been very helpful? Um, yeah, I don't know trans shit also this game doesn't ask pronouns but i'm i am trying to play berrigan as a he him person which always feels a little weird especially when doing things like you know recording myself on the internet where i assume anyone who hears this who doesn't actually know me would just be like oh yeah that's a boy because my voice and i'm not but i'm playing one and that's okay and then i'm gonna take a quick break come back on week three Okay, I um, shaped the sourdough that had rising, so now it's in its final proof. Ate a piece of celery with some peanut butter on it and refilled my water, and I think we're now ready to get into week three, where I believe we're going to start doing less setup and more um, active stuff. Week three. The smoke on the horizon is thick. When the wind blows, you can smell burnt metal. Flip a coin and place it on the table. If it's heads up, it represents supplies for your nation. If it's tails, it represents supplies for the enemy. Leave it on the table. Heads. Supplies for me. Well, supplies for my nation, which... Yeah. They could come at any time. Right now, you have all of your combat subroutines, but you will be given the chance to erase them and cross them out later. If and when you are forced to enter combat, roll on the subroutine chart. If you roll a combat subroutine, you survive. If you roll a crossed-out subroutine, you die. Describe how your machine is destroyed, and say your final words. But you can't think about that now. You have fitted your machine with the appropriate modifications to do the work. 
What modifications have been made? Surprisingly fewer than you might expect. Uh, she's already got pretty good small digit manipulation, but I boosted that a tiny bit uh, just for, you know, picking up rocks and skipping them. <laughs> Kidding. For for different kind of tools. I, uh, frankly, didn't need to modify much. Just uh, feed her a grip of spent cartridges, produce some fertilizer, got my seeds, got my cuttings. The combat subroutines can get in the way of work. You know how to delete them before you begin. In order to make payments, you will need to roll on crossed-out combat subroutine spaces. If you wish, you may preemptively cross out up to five subroutines before you start work. You must also cross out the associated quirks. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, just off the top. I mean, so what this seems to be saying to me is you'll have a much better chance of a good ending if you cross some stuff out, but you'll also have a much higher chance of not getting to the ending. <laughs> um, so are there any things that I would like to disable? Hmm. Let's see. I'm just going to go through them. So subroutine one is PTK1, zoom in on suspected targets. The quirk is follows all orders. I think I want to cross that one out. It has a really, it has interesting narrative potential, especially, uh, see, I think if I roll them, I do cross them out also. And I like the idea of that scene. So I'm going to leave that one. Uh, two is Q04 underscore seven, thruster cutoff for gliding. Uh, and the quirk is flaps wings while gliding. And I like that quirk, so I'm going to keep it. Uh, three is DEF20, cover seeking navigation. The quirk is uh, shaking like a dog, trying to get dry when static. I will cross that one out. The more I think about it, I don't really see a lot of potential there uh, for narrative moments. I could be wrong, though. Um, so yeah, crossing out D. So if I roll a three on combat, I lose. If I roll a three on payments, I win, I guess. I'm not really sure. Uh, four is MK74, missile auto lock-on sequence, which leaves B always ready to fire missiles. Uh, I'll keep... I'll keep that one. Number five is MOV underscore three, weapon swap reflex. That produces the low buzzing sound after combat. Narrative potential. Um, AM underscore five two, jettison spent ammunition. Uh, which associated quirk is B shits, which I already have just used, so I don't see a reason to keep it. That's my second cross out. Then uh, FIR14, automatic double tap, B blinks. Yeah, I am going to keep that one because I don't know how that can come up, but it's definitely going to as long as I don't die very quickly. Uh, then we have TOWD, auto drop non-essential tools. Uh... <laughs> The quirk is subroutine TOWD regularly misfires. And I think Berrigan is going to disable that one. Then there's PR underscore T7, low energy rest mode. And the personality quirk is B thinks of herself as a girl, which I am not going to remove. And the final one is JKU99, guide foot to ground forces. And the personality quirk is afraid of heights, which I already discussed has interesting narrative potential. So I have crossed out three subroutines and their associated quirks. So B is, I guess, no longer a mech that shakes like a dog trying to get dry when static uh, does no longer, no longer shits and does not regularly misfire the auto drop non-essential loads subroutine because there is no auto drop non-essential loads subroutine. You are as ready to work as can be. You have to be. Roll on the subroutine chart. I rolled a 2, which is Q04 underscore 7, thruster cutoff for gliding. Personality quirk, flaps wings while gliding. Some of it comes back to you as if you had never left. You still wish you had help. If you rolled on a crossed-out subroutine, you can make a payment this week. I cannot. But the machine was made for war. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. Ooh, major. Okay. My damn, my damn first week back on the job on my... My farm, I was trying to was trying to get a lay of the land again, you know? It's, when I said it was industrial, I didn't just mean, you know, heavy industries. I meant this ain't a family farm, which is a term I don't think people in this universe even have. Because the fuck does that even mean? There's gardens and there's industrial farms. So I was, uh, I, I headed up. I was, uh, 
floating around and B seemed comfortable with the height. So we were just about to start gliding, taking the lay of the land, getting a sense of the topology. And well, I got a sense of it. Crash right into it. Just wouldn't, just wouldn't cut off. The, uh, the thrusters didn't burn. Went straight up, went straight back down. It's a fucking crater. A lot of damage you can do on a 12-foot mech. A lot more damage when you're falling from, I don't know, let's say higher than Kai Huts at least. The machine did not learn these lessons for no reason. They saved you. They saved you more times than you can count. If you rolled a combat subroutine, describe a time when your machine exhibited the associated quirk, and it made you think it had a personality. Damnedest thing, though, is thrusters didn't, the thruster cutoff never happened, so we were never gliding, but could have swore I heard those wings. Every infill class B has those wings. They're useful. They uh, they drop solar. They give aerodynamics. But they're static wings, and well, bees bees ain't. And you know, it's it's not every time the gliding happens that they that they you know, just start a start a shaking. It feels sometimes like she's uh, well, like she's wagging her tail. The machine's head looks at you as you think about it. An error in its programming, perhaps. What quirk do you like the most in your mecha? <laughs> I'd be a damn liar if I didn't say that the most useful one is the fact that B's lock-on is, I mean, instantaneous. Almost precognitive. But, uh, there have been moments, and, you know, I have conversations with myself sometimes. It's, it's lonely, and, you know, you do a lot of waiting. But, get a strong sense that, uh, the personality at least I have for B, that, I don't just say she, because people call machines she, you know? You take a breath and focus on the farm. You have to decide if you'll delete problematic subroutines. If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also cross out the associated quirk. Hmm. I like the quirk a lot. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to do here. I don't know if I'm trying to see as much of this game as I can, or... I guess it's a metagamey way to approach that, and that's fine. Um, what would Berrigan want to do? If I mean, the way I described it doesn't seem like that was the problem, but would he want to drop the thruster cutoff? Like, he's, there's no... Re- I mean, this is a huge farm. He needs to glide just because it went wrong once doesn't mean it's going to go wrong forever. So no, he's not going to cross out Q04 underscore 7 thruster cutoff for gliding. And that, But that is the end of week three. Week four. Some unexpectedly harsh weather crops up. Your lands suffer and the temperature makes work almost unbearable. Roll on the subroutine chart twice. If you roll a combat subroutine on either roll, you cannot make a payment. If you roll a crossed out subroutine both times, you may make a payment. So my first roll is a six, which is AM underscore five two jettison spent ammunition, which is crossed out. That's shocking. And my second roll is a three, which is DEF two zero cover seeking navigation, which is also crossed out. So yeah, I I rolled well for the first time in the history of me playing tabletop role playing games. And I can make a payment. It was not made for this. Maybe you weren't made for this. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. I did not. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. It did not. Still, you work together just like always. You will not give in. If you rolled a combat subroutine, explain what you like about the quirk related to it. I did not. It would be easier if your family was here with you. Why aren't they here now? In case it's not entirely clear, um, I'm imagining this as a sort of post-global revolutionary society. Which is why I say my there's no nation but the people, and the reason that the enemy are landlords and uh, and cops, which is to say the counter-revolutionaries. In my personal life, I don't know that there are families post-revolution, at least not, you know, bourgeois nuclear families. But I guess it doesn't technically say nuclear family or even, you know, extended family. It doesn't even say blood family, as it were. So it would be easier if, let's say, my chosen family was here with me. Or Berrigan's chosen family was here with him. Why aren't they? Why aren't, why aren't they here now? Well, none of us knew it would be easier if they were. Yeah, we're a tight family, but we gotta we gotta leave distance for each other sometimes. And they're off doing what they need to do, and I'm off here doing what I need to do. And sometimes that's enough. 
And sometimes you think it'll be enough, but it ain't. You have to stay inside during a particularly bad day. You adjust the antenna on your set and try to watch the news. The poor weather held up supplies for your nation. Play the chaplain's game. Okay. So this is going to be great audio. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I think the thing I do is I count. I have two heads. Yeah, I have just the two heads up coins. So now I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to shuffle them around a bunch. Then I'm going to pick two at random to flip and set aside. And then we're going to see what the results are. Wow. Okay. So it looks like, yeah, I said I shuffled them up, picked two at random with my eyes closed and flipped them. And it looks like I have one heads on each side. So that is an equal number of heads. And as per the rules, if there are an equal number of heads up coin in each group, the enemy will not attack you this week. If there's more heads up in one coin than the other, the enemy attacks. You uninstall the farming modifications and open the wooden crate full of ammunition the government supplied you with. You get into the cockpit, powered up, and look towards the smoke on the horizon. If the enemy won the chaplain's game, you must do combat. They did not. They could come at any time. You must be prepared. If and when you are forced to enter combat, roll on the subroutine chart. If you roll a combat subroutine, you survive. If you roll a crossed-out subroutine, you die. Describe how your machine is destroyed and say your final words before you die. If you have died, read no further. The game is over. No combat. So, I'm good. That would be a quick one to go out on. (laughs) You awaken your machine. The console is flashing. It notes that the internal temperature is too low and asks permission to increase the heat. If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also cross out the associated quirk. This week went really well for me. So, the console is flashing. Do you stay in the mech or go back inside and sleep? Um, I mean, I didn't have to do much of anything, so I think it felt like a fairly normal moment for Berrigan. So I think he just goes back inside and goes to sleep. Week five. The bad weather has come and gone. Your fields welcome you and your machine. Roll on the subroutine chart. That was a four, which is MK underscore seven four missile auto lock on sequence. Personality quirk always ready to fire missiles. The earth is yielding and loamy. Your machine works through it easily. It feels good to spend time working. If you rolled on a crossed out subroutine, you can make a payment for this week. I cannot. Still, there are setbacks. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. Well, (laughs) if any of them were going to cause a major problem. I think I just, I think B just took out the fucking, okay, no, I do these in in character, sorry. I know, I know, I know I said not two weeks ago that my favorite quirk was that B was always ready to fire missiles, but... I'll be goddamned. Uh, she just leveled the fucking barns. All our livestock is gone. I think we'll be okay with just the garden, but motherfucker. One day, you finish early and are doing maintenance on your machine. The phone rings. When you answer it, a familiar voice is on the other side. It's the person that saved you during the war. What was your relationship after they saved you? F- Phil? 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 <laughs> Phil? God damn it, buddy. How have you been? Holy shit. I, th- I thought you were going to be incommunicado for another decade. Your goddamn partner. Oh my god, I cannot believe I'm getting to talk to my goddamn partner. They would like to see you. Perhaps you could meet in the city? They say it wouldn't be too much trouble to leave the machine for one night. Surely it'll be fine. Do you like the idea of leaving the farm and your machine to see them? Do you feel obligated? You're goddamn right. I'll come out to the city. Holy shit. B's been acting... Mm-mm. B has been acting up lately and just... I mean, I need. I was gonna need to come to the city anyway to get some meat. Um, Yeah. No, yeah, that's... Leveled the barns. Mm-hmm. A hundred animals. A hundred animals. Just no more milk. No more pork. I, I have to... I have to abstract them right now, Phil. You know, I know it's not, I know it's not a good, what do you call it? No, I'll I'll tell you over drink. I'll tell you over drinks. God damn it, I'm so excited to see you. The city is far away, but you can get there. You have not seen them in a long time. Roll on the subroutine chart. 
I rolled a three, which is DEF20, cover seeking navigation, which is crossed out. But sometimes your machine can be temperamental. The AI might act on its own, even if it's empty. If you rolled a combat subroutine, your mech is activated. Describe how the subroutine causes it to act. Is it dangerous to leave alone? Uh, I did not roll a combat subroutine. It might be stolen. You may use a payment to secure your mech. If you do, it does not count towards your loan. I do not have to do that. A caravan of cars drive toward the border. You can't tell what the markings on the side of them say. Flip a coin and place it on the table. If it's heads up, it represents supplies for your nation. If it's tails, it represents supplies for the enemy. Leave it on the table. Heads. Wow. This is going great. (laughs) That's what? One, two, three supplies for me, one for the enemy, and I've hit one loan payment so far? Okay. It has been so long since you've seen anyone. You used to spend every day surrounded by your fellow soldiers. Before that, by your family. You are alone now. Do you meet them? Hell yeah, I meet them. Are you kidding me? People are like machines. They learn habits based on what's happened before. If you did not decide to go, cross out their name. If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also cross out the associated quirk. I think this, I think this one's going down. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think Berrigan is happy to get rid of the missile auto lock-on sequence after that fucking mess. I think Berrigan is also incredibly happy to see Phil. I imagine their relationship as, you know... I imagine Phil uh, uses they-them pronouns. I think I have been using that consistently. I think there's like a flirtation there. Obviously not one that was uh, acted on while they were co-workers, but maybe, you know... Maybe there was a there was a moment between discharge and um, and heading home where Phil and Berrigan got to uh, you know cuddle a little bit or something. I don't know. I also imagine that they uh, they go to get drinks together and they end up talking for like four hours and like each end up getting you know, like finishing half of one drink and then yeah the camera fades to black. Yeah, I like them. Week six, a bottle rattles to the floor as you wake up. There is a warmth missing from your bed. What were you dreaming about? Well, it, it started with Phil, of course. But it's, you know, just the kind of dreams where your brain's just recapping the day, filling you in on stuff you didn't really think about as was happening. But uh, eventually it went to uh, went to the barns. And, I don't, and then it went to, I guess, I guess kind of abstract. I don't know. There was like a lot of, there was a lot of buzzing. And that happens often enough, but. It was the kind of buzzing where it was it was B after a fight, and it was the kind of buzzing that um, that felt like even though I didn't know I was dreaming that that felt like it was something I was hearing from outside the dream. I don't really know how to describe the the visuals that came next, but well, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it because I haven't lived them in so long. It was peaceful. You look out the window. Your machine is waiting outside of the barn. Roll on the subroutine chart. One. So that's PTK, PT underscore K1. Zoom in on suspected targets with personality quirk. Follows all orders. Dang it. I almost deleted that one. The AI doesn't seem to be learning these tasks easily. It hasn't made a helpful subroutine for a single task here on the farm. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. Well, I guess I got exactly what I asked for. <laughs> um... Uh, well, that's just, you know, it's, it was, that was exactly the goddamn problem, wasn't it? As soon as B stopped, uh, stopped thinking for herself and just started following orders, made it so you had to tell her everything to do. And it's hard telling her to, to run up some binary to, uh, create a new subroutine when you don't know no binary, you don't know no programming. It's even worse when you're vague, I guess. Uh, frankly, the, my lack of programming knowledge ain't that big a deal. But sometimes, you know, you say to go clear the garden, and there's a, there's a couple ways to follow that order, aren't there? It's been two goddamn weeks, my entire food supply, everything I needed to keep myself alive on this farm by myself is gone. Maybe you just need to practice more together. If you rolled on a crossed-out subroutine, you can make a payment this week. No payment. A truck is stuck outside of your farm. It has no markings, and the back of it is covered in a tarp. Roll on the subroutine chart. Eight. 
Uh, eight is T-O-W-D, auto-drop, non-essential loads, which is crossed out. Your machine automatically turns to face them, and for a moment, the lock-on reticle flickers. Well, there is no lock-on reticle, but okay. Uh, if you rolled a crossed-out subroutine, place a tails-up coin on the table to represent supplies going to the enemy. Okay, so the enemy has another set of supplies, and it seems like things are not exactly going Berrigan's way. Lines of code flow up the screen, checking available weapons. Your hands tighten around the controls. If you rolled a combat subroutine, describe how you dispatch the enemy combatants. Place a heads-up coin on the table to represent supplies going to your nation. I did not. You watch the news in Barn that night. Well, whoops. There are no reports of supplies moving across the border. Play the chaplain's game. Okay. So right now I have three heads-up, and I'm going to shuffle them. Flip a few, and probably die in combat. Yep, that's two heads up in the flipped, and one in the unflipped. They could come at any time. You must be prepared. If and when you are forced to enter combat, roll on the subroutine chart. Let's roll. That's a one, which is PTK, PT underscore K1. Zoom in on suspected targets. Personality quirk follows all orders. If you roll a combat subroutine, you survive. If you roll a crossed-out subroutine, you die. Describe how your machine is destroyed and say your final words before you die. If you have died, read no further. The game is over. That whistle was because that was the roll that I was about to cross out at the end of this turn. The subroutine that I was about to cross out at the end of this turn. uh, For narrative reasons. Okay. um, Weird, actually. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because if I had, you know, somehow gotten the same rolls doing what I initially expected to do, which was cross out the subroutine at the beginning, I would have been able to make a payment, but died. So that's some fun, a little mechanical narrative excitement. Okay, so um, I survive, I guess. It doesn't actually say you need to narrate combat at any point, which is interesting. Okay, I think I have a a short scene I would like to do. It figures those fuckers would roll up and I had a first experienced piece. And they rolled up with what they got. They got fucking resources. They've been hoarding them for, what, centuries? Only had a generation to lose them. That's that's hardly enough time, especially when they're as organized as they are these days. But you know what I got? I got me, I got B, I got Phil. And as much as it was a problem when B decided to uh, clear out the garden, well, when I told her <laughs> clear out those boys, she gave them twice what she gave that garden. Ain't no cops around here. The sun sets and dark shadows cover the road. Only the light of your machine keeps you awake. If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also associate. You must also cross out the associated quirk. I am absolutely fucking lootly crossing that out oh my god that um that decision to <laughs> keep follows all orders in for narrative reasons was excellent and i'm like very glad i made it for no good reason but now yeah i think based on where we're going b is no longer necessarily going to follow all orders because i mean for a couple of reasons but including that she's getting you know very mixed signals from berrigan about whether or not she should follow all orders so fuck them week seven You are very tired. There's so much to do here, but you must make your payments. Roll on the subroutine chart. That's an eight, which is T-O-W-D, auto-drop, non-essential loads, which is crossed out. Hooray. Your machine's controls are so familiar. You are glad it's still with you. If you rolled on a crossed-out subroutine, you can make a payment this week. I can. I think I needed four payments to win, which is... I'm halfway there on week seven? I don't know. Uh, You are familiar with the machine, but the machine is not familiar with the farm. It seems like it rebels sometimes. Maybe it doesn't want to be with you anymore. Maybe it wishes it could be fighting again. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. It's the layout here is a little weird because I feel like maybe I shouldn't be reading these, um, the ones that like aren't applicable. But because the narration is on top, I'm like, maybe it's still true. It's just not true that it cro- like it just didn't cause a major problem so I, i'm like considering running this game for other people where i just narrate and they do the um narration i guess uh where i read the texts and they uh, respond to them 
sort of GM-ish. And that's just a thing I could opt to do or not to do. But I kind of wish the game as written had a bit more clarity on that point. (laughs) Anyway, you remember the people you saved, the close calls you had together. To be so close to death that you could not deny that you were alive. Do you wish you were fighting again? I'm good, man. The machine pauses. Roll on the subroutine chart. One. Uh, which is PT underscore K1. Zoom in on suspected targets. Personality quirk follow all, follows all orders, which is crossed out uh, as of the end of last turn. You aren't sure why. The AI is not frozen, but it repeatedly runs through a loop of programs. It would occasionally do this after dangerous combat. You assumed it was doing a systems check. If you rolled on a crossed out subroutine, it reboots. Wow. Just fucking killing it out here with the great decisions on what to cross out and not specifically around one subroutine that I keep rolling. But you wonder now if it did this for you, to try and help you somehow. You can't be sure. If you rolled a combat subroutine, describe how it performs the quirk. I did not. An explosion snaps you from your thoughts, and you and your machine turn together, aiming your weapon at the sound. Roll on the subroutine chart. A five, which is... MOV underscore three, weapon swap reflex. Associated quirk is low buzzing sound after combat. You and your machine are used to ambushes, but you are not prepared. If you rolled a combat subroutine, you hear the click of your weapon as it attempts to fire without ammunition. Place a tails up coin on the table. It was only an old car backfiring as it struggles down the road. The person inside waves. If you rolled on a crossed out subroutine, your mech disengages. Place a heads up coin on the table. I did not. You exhale and take the machine back to the barn. If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also cross out the associated quirk. I did not. Week 8. You are shaken from sleep by the sound of glass breaking. Flip a coin, hold it in your hand, and do not look at it. You run to the window. The sun hasn't risen yet. You see the shadows moving into your barn. You take your gun off the wall. Roll on the subroutine chart. Well, that's rude. Okay, that's a 5... Which is MOV underscore three, weapon swap reflex. The personality quirk is low buzzing sound after combat. You carefully creep into the darkness. You don't think they've seen you. You lift your gun to your shoulder and look down the sights. You can feel your heart pounding. If you rolled a combat subroutine, you fire. If you rolled on a cross out subroutine, you do not fire. So I fire. The shadows see you now and they run away. You can see that they're in uniforms now. Open your hand and place the coin on the table with the others, whose army was trying to rob you. Mine. You rush into the barn, your rifle still in your hand. You turn on the lights. Your machine is active. There's blood near its foot. Did you fire? Yes. If the soldiers were trying to steal something from your machine, there must be something going on. Play the chaplain's game. So there are currently four heads-up coins. I'm now going to close my eyes, shuffle them around, and then flip some with my eyes still closed and see if I can't evenly distribute heads on each side. Oh damn, there are three heads in the flipped pile and three heads in the unflipped pile, which means I do not have to enter combat. That is shocking to me. They are coming to your farm now, into your barn. The war will not leave you. If and when you are forced to enter combat, roll on the subroutine chart. If you roll a combat subroutine, you survive. If you roll a crossed out subroutine, you die. Describe how your machine is destroyed and say your final words before you die. If you have died, read no further. The game is over. I have not died because I have not entered combat. Another week. The soil doesn't care if you're tired. It feeds only the hands that work it. Roll on the subroutine chart. That is a four, which is... MK underscore seven four missile auto lock on sequence, which is crossed out. You can focus on your work. You do not need to be defined by the war. If you roll on a crossed out subroutine, you can make a payment this week. Okay, I may win. I mean, that feels like a kind of a gross thing to say <laughs> in a tabletop game, um, but it will not leave you. Every time you think you are done with it, something else reminds you. If you roll the combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. It did not. What will it take for you to have peace? If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also cross out the associated quirk. I did not, and so I cannot, and will not. Week 9. You're awake before the sun rises. You watch it break over the horizon and sweep over the hills, your crops, your barn. I don't have a barn. The door is open, and your machine is looking out into the light. You will not stop. Roll on the subroutine chart. 
I rolled a three, which is DEF20, Cover Seeking Navigation. You will see the end of the war. If you rolled on a crossed out subroutine, you can make a payment this week. I did and can. And that's four, which I believe puts me at the amount I need. So if I just don't die, I think I get a good ending. I'm not really sure. But let's see. Um, One way or another. If you rolled a combat subroutine, something went wrong. Describe how the subroutine caused a major problem on the farm. I did not. You will see the end. If rolling a combat subroutine prevented you from making a payment this week, you may choose to cross it out. If you cross it out, you must also associate the associated quirk. I did not get prevented. Smoke on the horizon. Always. You see trucks pass, but you don't bother looking at the markings. Flip a coin and place it on the table. If it heads up... It represents supplies for your nation. If it's tail, it represents supplies for the enemy. Leave it on the table. Tails. Which means that me and the enemy both have three supplies, which I have no idea if that does anything. You sit at the workbench beside your machine. You remember when you would hear the artillery in the distance, and you were so afraid. The chaplain would put their hand on your shoulder and say his prayers, but the words never helped. The game did, though. It was never wrong. It predicted every week that they would come. And they did come. They came every week. Play the chaplain's game. Okay, I have five heads up. Gonna shuffle, gonna flip, gonna see if I die with my loans paid off. I have one heads in the flipped pile and two in the unflipped pile. So I have to go to combat. It was funny. They told you that the rules were different on the front than the way you played back home. If the enemy won the chaplain's game, you must do combat. There, if you put the same number of heads-up coins in each pile, it meant the enemy would attack you. But here, in peacetime, if you got the same number of heads in each pile, it meant that you were safe. If and when you were forced to enter combat, roll on the subroutine chart. If you roll a combat subroutine, you survive. If you roll a crossed-out subroutine, you die. Describe how your machine is destroyed and say your final words before you die. Faithful roll. I rolled a two. Which... Okay. Did not expect that. Uh, Two is Q04 underscore seven. Sorry, Q04 underscore seven. Thruster cut off for gliding. Personality quirk is flaps wings while gliding. Uh, I did not die. Okay. Um, Let's see. Do I have a scene for this? I feel like I, I mean, I don't have one in mind, but y'all aren't gonna know how long i spend just staring at the wall uh because i'll just cut it out so let's see what i come up with you know every ever since that first week back when uh well second week i guess it was the third week shit it was the third week when i uh when i went up check out the farm before you know when there was was still a barn there's still a garden when I wasn't, you know, barely eking by on the support of my my chosen family from afar, and the memories I have Phil making these goddamn payments, having to order all my food in, not being able to leave because I'm working so much, but not being able to feed myself with the work I'm doing because I'm, you know, you know how it is. Back then, when the uh, when the thrusters failed, and put this big ass crater right in the center of my fucking farm. I thought. Why even bother with this? I know B don't like heights, but I am gonna need to to get up in the air sometimes. So so I've been tweaking. I've been you know making little changes here and there to make sure when I go up I can you know come back down safe rather than real messy. So goddamn good thing I did that. Even though well you know what happened, but I guess I'll spell it out. Those tweaks ain't ain't fixed anything, but. <laughs> But that did save my life. When they came through again, this this time, I was despairing. I was convinced that it was my time. So I decided, fuck it. I'm just going to go up. I'm going to get a good good view. I'll take a look at these motherfuckers before they get me. V got up there and she got scared. Thrusters wouldn't cut on. Wings started flapping. All those uh, all those auto-tracking missiles she used to fire, the ones that uh, blew up the barn, they ain't, they ain't working. So I turned into a missile myself. Took a headfirst dive right into those motherfuckers. Another crater on the farm, but that's a memorial crater. That's a crater full of cops. The chaplain's game is always right. Play the chaplain's game, but keep your eyes open. Play it again until you understand. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> um, 
but I guess I'll do it a couple times really quick. Yeah, I have three heads up, so shuffle doesn't really matter. So I want to flip three, which means I want to flip one heads up and two tails. That gives me three on both sides. So bring it back. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. So shuffle. Um, for six heads up, I want to have flip six, which means if I flip one heads, two heads, that leaves me with four heads and three tails. Flip another heads, that's three, three, and three. Flip a tails. Wait, is this winnable? Flip a tails, flip a tails. I don't think that's winnable. Anyway, I definitely understand now. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts, but I figure I'll just do the final week and then uh, say some stuff and then be done. Week 10. The loan officer will come this week. How many payments have you made so far? Four. You wonder how much of the AI is left. Roll on the subroutine chart. What has changed about you? I rolled a two, which is Q04 underscore seven. Thruster cutoff for gliding. Flaps wings while gliding is the personality quirk. What has changed about me based on that roll? <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. That's not a generous way to play this game. Um, <laughs> but it's how I'm feeling right now. So yeah, nothing has changed about me. A person in uniform knocks on your door. You must pay your debt. Cool. What if the machine never learns again? Roll on the subroutine chart. Can you forget? Seven. Uh, that's F-I-R-1-4 automatic double tap. B blinks. I could. I could forget. I might forget. I probably will forget. They have papers, and a large truck is parked out front. If you have made four payments, you may, you may keep your mecca. I keep my mecca. Is it just lines of code? Is there something more? Can a machine truly have personality, or are you just imagining it? Roll on the subroutine chart. Who do you miss? Eight. T-O-W-D, auto-drop, non-essential loads, which is crossed out. Who do I miss? Um, I miss Phil. I miss my, my chosen family. But uh, I'm making it work, man. I don't know. There are cables and straps. There are men in uniforms. If you cannot make the payment, the military reclaims your mech. I did. I think? Maybe I'm just, like, not into this, but this all seems very lyrical and not very, um, <laughs> actionable. Uh, cool. You look back at the barn. No more payments to make. You look to the border. Is there smoke rising? That's in bold, which so I guess means I say no. We've won the people's war. Flip a coin and place it on the table. Tails. Completed. So that's the game. I am a very not not crunchy gamer, as it were. Um, I am not particularly into resource management e kind of things. And this game feels weirdly like it is trying to be very crunchy and very lyrical, especially at the end. And I'm not sure at least this playthrough for me highlighted how those things gel together particularly. In fact, it seems like the crunchy aspects kind of overrode a lot of the possibilities for the more lyrical aspects, which, yeah, is the opposite of my favorite, as a matter of fact. Yeah, there's like a lot of little things here that I wish that kind of like took me out because like I wanted to, you know, I made a completely arbitrary decision very early on that um, my barns got blown up. And then and I did that in part because I don't feel like the game mentioned barns at all. And I was like, oh, like this will just be a thing. It's like flavor and kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden the game started mentioning barns constantly and like talking about my barn and was like, well, you're kind of stepping on my toes here, game. And I know that's completely inadvertent and like very difficult to, it's almost impossible to plan for these sorts of things. But I feel like it's a um, problem that this game had where it, it wasn't, 
it didn't feel consistent with its language a lot of the time. And that starts with the, with the subroutine chart that, you know, half of how vague it is, is really, um, compelling and inspiring. And half of how vague it is means I had to sit there for like 10 seconds, just trying to think of what it could possibly mean, like cover seeking navigation. I think like I'm pretty sure that means the subroutine is one that navigates you toward seeking cover, but I don't know, like cover space seeking space navigation is neither a particularly communicative nor a particularly lyrical uh, set of words in a row, at least in my brain. Yeah, I think there was a point at which I said it felt kind of weird to be able to say that you were going to beat a tabletop game. Uh, I think that was sort of where my brain turned from being like, oh, these are neat resources that are going to lead to interesting narrative possibilities to thinking, oh, these are neat resources that are tapped of narrative possibility and are just going to lead to a binary, you know, thing at the end, you know, a win or lose state. I feel like I might have liked this game a lot more if I blew, if I, if I hit combat in week like five and died and had the possibility of interesting things to come. And I could have made those, you know, I could have been playing this in a way that was more excited in the last couple weeks, but I don't know. So much of the like flow is so weird too, where it's like, yeah, the first two weeks, I mean, yeah, this makes sense. You know, the first two weeks are basically world building and character setup. Then you like ramp up a little bit and then you go super hard and it's basically just mechanics and no world building. <laughs> and then I don't know, I feel like week 10 tries to like backfill all of the world building that you've been not really doing because like the game doesn't even call for you to describe combat or like even suggest that you might. So I kind of just had to be like, I would like to have Berrigan show up sometimes in this now because <laughs> I spent all this time making this character. And now what I'm basically doing is like shuffling coins on the table and being like, whoo, didn't get into combat or like, oh, oh, I got into combat. Time to roll a die and uh, see if I have to narrate my death of this character who I'm like less and less sure who he is because I'm just not spending time embodying him. Honestly, I think my big takeaway is I actually do really want to try the uh, two-player variant of this, and I want to try to get it done with somebody who's, like, a little crunchier than I am, or, like, somebody, like, not even crunchier necessarily, but, like, somebody who gets genuinely excited by, you know, dice rolls or genuinely, like, feels their narrative impact because... I try to, and like, it sometimes works for me. I fucking love tabletop games, so obviously at least sometimes it does. But as a rule, I'm generally more interested in, you know, the the ripple effects of dice rolls or mechanics and not in the actual moments of those mechanics playing out themselves and like what they say. And this game, this game feels like it has a lot of fail states and not a lot of ripples. And yeah, I think there, I think there might be something interesting about taking on an authoritative voice and just sort of like pushing another player who can enjoy that moment to moment like oh shit i rolled well uh or like oh my god i gotta i won the chaplain's game what the fuck like that kind of thing i feel like would be would do a lot to inspire maybe some of the play that this game wants to happen but yeah okay uh so yeah that was max into plowshares by um i believe anomalous entertainment yeah anomalous entertainment company thank you for listening question mark